You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. I'm honored to introduce our guest today, an active U.S. Navy SEAL officer who has spent the majority of his 10-year career managing small units in dynamic, multifaceted, and adverse environments with large-scale effects. He says his special operations experience directly correlate to the real estate industry. I'm Kathy Fetke. Welcome to The Real Wealth Show. William Speckhart started investing in real estate by fixing single-family distressed properties and is now expanding into buy-and-hold single and commercial rental properties in different markets. He received his Bachelor and Master of Science degrees in criminal justice from Westchester University and a Master of Science degree in defense analysis from Naval. And he's also a licensed realtor in California. William, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Thank you, Kathy. I mean, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate you having me. Well, it was an honor to meet you as well. You are a Navy SEAL, active currently, and I don't know if I've ever met a Navy SEAL uh, that was active. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's surprising. Uh, some people haven't, and but then other people have met a ton. I guess it just depends on, on where you are. I think mm-hmm. you're a little bit out of our range because most of us are in San Diego or Virginia or Hawaii. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I felt very safe. I stayed in the same Airbnb as you, so (laughs) I slept well. (laughs) So let's just start with uh, how did you decide to become a SEAL? That's that's a good question. I think a lot of it played into, uh, you know, growing up. Uh, My father was uh, in law enforcement. He was a cop in the neighborhood we were growing up in. And uh, we lived in a kind of rural area. And uh, I went to school and didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, everyone said, don't be a cop because, uh, you know, it's a tough job. and It's kind of uh, not rewarding, uh, so to speak. So I was looking at a few options coming out of college, one being lawyer, the other being a police officer, the other being uh, the military. So I started looking into that and uh, nothing really seemed appealing Um except for special operations. So I started looking at all four branches and what they had to offer. And, uh, you know, it was a big, big risk. There's a lot of unknowns because if you don't make it through, especially through the Navy program, you are going to the fleet. Uh, there's no backing out. You don't just get out of the Navy. You're on a ship for four years. So I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to make an impactful difference in the world, or at least be able to make decisions that had greater consequences um, where I could overall make the world a better place. Um, so I bought a one-way ticket to Rio de Janeiro or Brazil uh, with my buddy. And we went on a five-month backpacking trip. And uh, it was there in Patagonia, hiking through the mountains of Chile and Argentina, that I decided that I didn't want to do a desk job. I didn't want to be a lawyer. I didn't want to be inside. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be doing things that made a difference. So uh, as soon as I came back, I joined the Navy, and, and then that was it. I can't even imagine the process of becoming a SEAL, but, you know, wow, what a hero. Um, thank you. It's, it's a good job. It, it's rewarding in and of itself. Uh, it's probably the best part about it is the people, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. People who really care about this country. Yeah. Which is yeah. sometimes hard to find these days. <laughs> well, I will say we can't do, largely the military as, in whole, as a whole cannot do anything without the support of uh, 
people of the U.S. So um, that is a is a, a great uh, thing to have. Not all countries support their military like the United States does, and in the past, it hasn't always been that way. So we do appreciate that. Mm, that's great. Okay, well, how did you also become a real estate investor while also protecting this country? Well, I was on a deployment in 2019. Uh, we were in Iraq, and uh, it was towards the tail end. And usually at the end of the deployment, you start to look at turnover and start preparing the next team coming out. So things uh, die, die down, like operations and stuff. You, you slow them down for, for good reason. Uh, and, uh, you know, guys tend to pick up hobbies, uh, whether it's brewing coffee or, you know, reading books. And I was like, I want to figure out, like, I want, to, I want to do something else, like uh, ex- something else exciting too that you know it's going to benefit my family. So uh, a buddy of mine gave me uh, Tom Wilwright's book, Tax Free Wealth. He's like, you're going to like this because he knew I was into finance and, and you know learning things about that. So he gave me the book. I read it in two days, and uh, that was it. That was history. And I started reading a bunch of other real estate books, um, and then I stumbled upon Real Wealth, uh, just doing re- research. And I uh, did some research on real wealth. I was kind of hesitant. I was like, who are these people giving information away for free? That just doesn't make sense uh, in educating uh, the world. So just me being a skept- uh, skeptical person, I, I did some research, got in contact with one of the advisors uh, on your team, uh, Leah. And she was great. And her being military really helped out. And uh, we connected. And uh, it, it was easy from there. So we narrowed down the market. I toured the market. And then um, we ended up buying one of the houses in the Southwest Florida market. And that was it. That was the beginning. That was probably January, 2020, uh, right after I got back. And then since then we've, we turned uh, one of our primary residences into a uh, short or a long-term rental. And then I joined a mastermind called active duty, passive income. And from there I've met a commercial team and we're closing on a 16 unit property in Florida, Pensacola. Uh, hopefully next month. Oh, incredible. How are you able to do that while living in San Diego? Well, one of our, one of our team members is in Florida. He's in Pensacola. He's a a young pilot and he's done most of the the groundwork and the due diligence. And he's really, he's really good. Um, So just having a team in and of itself has enabled me to grow a lot faster. Uh, And that's something I didn't realize. I kind of wanted to do everything myself. Uh, and it was slow. Everything was slow, especially because uh, we have two kids recently and uh, two dogs and we're trying to fix up our own house. So uh, it just, it, it tends to bog down. So having team members, you know, even though they have their own lives, uh, just the, you know, the exponential growth is there. So that's how that, that occurred. Are you, how much longer will you be active in the military? I have probably about a year and a half left when I come back from, um, my next deployment, I'll have some time. I think I'm at the point where I'll probably transition completely into real estate. It's kind of taken over. It's not a hobby. It's, it's a business, but it's also, it's fun. It's exciting. The people are great. It's not cutthroat like some other businesses might be, or you, what you might see in the military, like people trying to promote rank. There's enough real estate in the world, uh, shockingly for, for everyone. And, um, mm-hmm. It's just the people I've met have been genuinely wanting to help everyone else. And uh, really, that's the best That's the best part of it. So I think I'm ready to go convince my wife to, at the very least, tolerate uh, my uh, ambitions and, and movements. So she's 
she's getting on board. She's, she helps me with the design. She's the design piece. And she's also uh, kind of my social media representative. Uh, so she helps me with that as well. And you plan to be full-time in, in real estate? Yes. By, I would say this time next year, full-time, I'll likely have to get another W-2 job, but I would like to get that in somewhere in real estate just to keep me going until I can get that passive income to support the, you know, our expenses. How much does the military help you with that in terms of retirement? Retirement or transition from, I guess both. from the military? Yeah. I mean, is so, there, is, does that supplement your passive income once, once you so, leave? If you leave before 20, then you don't get any retirement. So you have to mm -hmm. do 20 years in order to get a pension. Now, that pension is 50% of uh, your income or your base pay. Now, what a lot of people don't understand is that your base pay is generally around 50% of your actual pay. So retirement's like 25% of your total pay when you leave, roughly, uh, depending on rank and such. So it's not quite uh, enough, really, for a lot of people. And most, most military members end up having to work a second job after that. Now, there are other there are other forms of income such as disability that a lot of people do get. Uh, you know, it's rated on a percentage, and that does help as well. But I don't really want to bank on that. You know, I'd have to do another 10, 10 years in order to get to that point because I have about ten years in now, and uh, it's just not a guarantee. I didn't want to have to continue working. If I were to fully invest in real estate for ten years, you know, my thought is I'll be a lot further along um, than where I would be if I stayed in. So. If you if you get out early, then yeah, you don't get anything. There is still a chance you can get some some disability, um, but again, it's not guaranteed. So uh, you know, while I've had a great experience and a great time uh, in the military, like I, I think um, you know, uh, it's time to move on. Twenty years in the military, and you get twenty five percent of your pay. Yeah. So if you joined after January first, two thousand eighteen. It is now forty percent. Um, however, they they do uh, they do match five percent of your contributions to uh, to uh, like a TSP. It's like a it's like a four hundred one k slash Roth IRA. Um, so that's a little bit different. But if you run the numbers, um, the military uh, is saving money. So they're what they've realized is pension system is is costly. So they're, they're cutting it back. Uh, but yeah, so now it's even less if if you joined after that that date. Are you seeing other officers planning for that? You know, we're at a, we're at a point in our country's military where things are changing. We've just gotten out of Iraq, out of Afghanistan. A lot of guys have joined for those wars. Um, and since we're not doing that, the, the type of war is changing. I've seen a lot more people uh, looking to make that transition. However, on the whole, I would say about 50% of officers tend to go a uh, full 20 years towards retirement and about 17% of enlisted uh, will do 20 years, uh, which is not a lot uh, when you think about it, you know, in terms of how many people are in the military, which is about, uh, I would say a million. So what, how are they? I mean, what are you seeing people doing to prepare for, for that inevitable day when they'll need a retirement? It depends on the guy or girl. I've talked to plenty of people in, in my platoon and my troop, and some of them are really, really well prepared, probably some more so than me or a lot of other uh, people. And then some are just like, hey, man, I have a hundred grand in the bank. What do I do with it? Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's, we have a lot of, a lot of things we can do with that. Um, 
So I, I think what I'm doing now is uh, as we grow with the, the commercial side or even invest um, in the States, I'm going to start kind of reaching out to them and say, hey, I've got an opportunity. You know, we can use your money or you can make money on it. It's not just sitting in a bank. And then really just educate them on just finance in general. Um, so I've covered everything from just credit cards, to bank accounts to, you know, other types of investing. Because a, a lot of our guys get into stocks and then crypto because it's, you know, it's catchy and it's new and uh, it's exciting. Um, you know, whereas real estate, they're like, ah, I don't know, it's slow. But, um, you know, some, some of the guys have gotten on board. So it's really just about educating them early on because there, there is a lot of opportunity for them to save money and then invest it. So you, you said that um, the first book you read, Tax-Free Wealth, really enlightened you. What was the outstanding, uh, you know, bullet points that, that um, opened your mind? It was the tax advantages in real estate uh, mm -hmm. because being in the military on, on deployment, I don't have to pay federal taxes. And then I don't have to claim a certain state. I can claim a state that it benefits the military. So I, right now I pay taxes, quote unquote, in Florida. Um, but when I get out of the military, I'm going to have to pay, you know, federal and state taxes. Um, and then use, using real estate investment to uh, kind of work against that or work in your favor. Um, that was really interesting to me. And uh, I had not known that before that book. Um, so, yeah, I know most people's uh, first book is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. I didn't read that until maybe a year later. And I was like, ah, I got this already from Tom. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> So have you used your VA loans? I've used the VA loan twice already, um, which, which kind of caps me out. Uh, unless I sell both properties, I won't be able to gain my eligibility again. But um, it is a huge, huge, huge advantage for military members. I don't think everyone really fully understands how big of an advantage that is. To be able to buy property at 0% down is, is quite unheard of. It's 0% um, down? It's 0% down and you can buy up to four units. So anything, anything under uh, four units is, uh, is fully acceptable by the VA. The only requirements are that you have to live in there for a year. And, uh, and really, really that's it. Um, they cover the, they cover 25%. So that avoids you from having to pay any mortgage insurance. Wow. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. How about the interest rates? They're lower, right? It's about what I see is usually about a half point lower than a conventional rate. Okay. Um, so, for instance, when we saw interest rates down to like two, two eight five, or even as low as two and a half. Um, when I got to two and a half, it was only VA loan rates were two and a quarter. I don't think they could they could go any <laughs> lower. Um, but generally, they're about a half point lower, which is which is just great. So, what I did with the first property is when we were moving back, we were in Monterey for a little while. We were moving back did a cash out refi into a lower rate. And then uh, we were able to buy our, our next home. Um, but if I were to give any advice to any military members who haven't used their VA loan, and if I had been told this before, I would absolutely use it to buy a multifamily property. So multiple units as high as you can get, right? So there is a debt to in income requirement. So you're going to be able to, you're going to have to cover the loan, but the extra, you know, the higher units, the more units you get, the more um, leverage you'll be built be able to have, uh, in order to get that property. Well, they would, would they count the rental income from the other units? They would, and it depends on the lender. Some of them take, uh, the pro forma rents and others will take market rents. 
So you really just kind of have to work with a lender who's going to be able to articulate that to the, you know, the banks for you. So I imagine you have had a very disciplined life so over the last 10 years <laughs> being in the military. How do you see uh, applying that to real estate? A lot of what I've learned and what I've been finding recently are the same principles of being in the military, uh, especially the tactics and operations, and strategic things that we do apply directly to business and real estate. And it's really kind of great because it saves me from having to learn that aspect. You know, I, I, I used to think that being an entrepreneur or starting a business was like super hard. And it is, you know, it requires efforts. Nothing's easy in this world. Otherwise everybody would do it. Right. But, um, you know, things like prioritizing and then consistency and then you know, determination, getting up every day and just doing a little bit towards your goals. Uh, those all apply and are transferable from the military. And uh, I keep finding new things that I've learned. I'm like, oh, you know what? I did this in the military. You know, we broke these groups up into small units and then they were able to work more efficiently. So I'll do that on in the business side or I'll do that uh, in other small groups. And it's just like, you know, it's just impactful and it really, really helps. So um, I, I am grateful for my military experience and uh, I look forward to leveraging that and using it down the road and probably for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, I know we had a conversation about Jocko. I got to hear him speak uh, last summer and I mean, I, I was blown away by exactly what you're saying and actually his, um, mercy, should I say, with employees, because a lot of times if an employee isn't working out, you, you know, you fire them. And his approach was very different. It was hundred percent responsibility as the leader. I did not give them what they need to succeed. And, and he would look at himself at how he could be a better leader. Now he also put boundaries. If someone's late, it wasn't, you know, you're late, you, you got you can't be here. It was what is going to support you in being here on time, uh, because you need to be on time. Uh, so I don't know, is that, I, I don't know if I'm explaining if that's normal for the military, but I, I noticed a lot of grace in what I thought would be the opposite. I thought he'd be strict and tough and like no second chances. And he was actually giving like four or five chances, making sure he'd done everything he could to make sure his employees succeed. Yeah. I, Jocko has a lot of great stuff. I've read his book. It applies so well. Um, what we do in the military, and you're right, we do give multiple chances because we look at, uh, it's called a whole man concept. Uh, we look at a person as a, as a whole individual. So we're not just seeing them at work. We're like, Hey, what do you, what's your family like? Like what, what's going on? Have you, do you have a death in the family? Do you have things going on there? I'm not sure if that happens a lot in the military, but what we've seen is you know, we operate at a fast pace and we tend to forget the other side of a person's life. So at least in special operations, and I can't speak for the entire military, we've, we've done a great job, especially during these, these past few wars, is really looking at uh, a person as a whole and identifying any problems. So that's what he's thinking of is like, okay, they're late. What happened? Did they have to drop their kids off at daycare? Like maybe I Maybe I can give them an hour on the front end. They'll work a little bit harder later. Um, there's no reason to fire a person because if you just communicate with them and ask the questions, like generally the, this, that person's a, a good person. They just maybe they're having a rough day or a rough week. Now, if it, it becomes a pattern and that person's just not maybe not a good fit for that 
uh, position or, or organization, then yeah, maybe you might have to let them go. Um, but you can generally see that, um, you know, and you'll hear about it from other employees. So I'll, I'll give you an example. When I first went from enlisted to officer, I had to go to officer candidate school. And that is really where the first time I led people that weren't SEALs. Now, leading SEALs way way easier because I can tell them what to do, expect them to do it. And if they don't do it, I'll, I'll hammer them and not worry about their, you know, them getting upset about it. Um, <laughs> but with a, a some, maybe a civilian or someone just entering the military, that's different. And I remember uh, I hadn't changed my leadership style and I was doing, treating everybody like a, a SEAL. And uh, this one girl comes up to me and she's like, it, borderline tears. And she's like, you know, we're not all SEALs. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Um, and from that day, I changed my leadership tactic for anybody that wasn't um, to like, you know, maybe asking them to do something instead of telling them, yeah, that's still, if you have positional authority, they're still going to do it. But it's just the way you present something. Uh, so I've changed that uh, in myself as well. Um, so yeah, I would agree with, with Jocko on, on those accounts. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm personally proud of myself because I went on a hike with you at Camelback and uh, I know you slowed down for me, but I'm proud that I kept up with you. <laughs> so. I think you were leading the way for part of it, to be honest, Kathy. You, you, you crushed it. I was very impressed. I will say that. <laughs> I hope everyone is listening right now. That That is, wow, that made my day. Oh, that was a great hike. Camelback. Oh, be sure to do that hike. If you go to the Scottsdale area, it's beautiful. I'm looking forward to doing it again. That was, it was just a beautiful, beautiful scenery. Yeah. Really great. And we ended up in the same Airbnb because we knew the same people and we were there for a conference and the the conference was sold out. Um, we got to stay in, uh, a, one of a friend's Airbnb that he was fixing up. That was pretty cool. Huh? He bought a very, very nice house Amazing. in Scottsdale that, yeah. uh, he also does sober living. I'll have to have him on too. Great, great investor. All right. Any last uh, comments or advice for our listeners? I would say consistency is key in education. Really, that's, you know, every day I'm learning something new uh, with the guys that we were with at Airbnb, uh, just their ideas, their creativity, man. They are helping me out in ways that it would have taken me months to think about. Uh, so networking, talking to people, uh, really taking that leap. If you're getting just getting into real estate is is something that I've really uh, found that has been useful. Um, and then meeting meeting my heroes, uh, you know, Kathy, you being one of them, um, <laughs> because you help so many people. Uh, that's that's what I aspire to be. So thank you for helping people like me get into real estate because you did the groundwork. You did all the hard work. Nobody was there holding your hand, but I feel like I have a support network because of people like you. So thank you. Oh my gosh. going to make me cry. Thank you so much. That means the world. You're welcome. All right, William. Well, I wish you the best. I look forward to interviewing you again in a year or two to, to hear how uh, your full-time real estate investing career is going. In the meantime, thank you again for uh, all your service to the United States. Uh, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Thank you. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can go to realwealthshow.com to get free access to market data and referrals to teams in those markets who can offer property management, uh, acquisitions, and even renovations on your properties to make it a turnkey option for you. This is great for anyone who's busy or just simply doesn't live in the area where they want to invest. Again, that's realwealthshow.com. 
I'm Kathy Fetke. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.